Hello and welcome to What's the Big Idea? I'm your host, Paige Curtis. Today's episode is brought to you by Destination Imagination, commonly referred to as DI, the leading creative problem-solving experience for children. Through DI's innovative, project-based educational experiences, participants gain the skills that will set them up for success and careers like the one we're going to hear about today. Learn more about DI at destinationimagination.org. On today's episode, we are pleased to welcome Malika Dudley. Malika definitely wears many hats. She is a broadcast meteorologist for KITV4 Island News in Hawaii, media consultant, blogger, mom, former Miss Hawaii, CPR teacher. She does it all. Malika is also the host of the Communification Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts, which is currently unpacking the role of technology in communication. Joining us from Makawa, Hawaii, please welcome Malika Dudley. Thank Hello. you so much. Hi. Thanks for being here with us today. You have so many different roles that you have held. And for any other guest, what I would ask is describe a typical day in your job, but there isn't a typical day of work <laughs> for you. Um, give us a quick recap of what your job tasks involve, what that looks like for you. You are right. I've had many seasons of life where I've done a lot of different things. Um, I'm one of those multi-passionate individuals, I guess you could call me. It's kind of a, a term I'm hearing a lot these days. Um, so it's nice to put a name to it. But these days I am a mom of two. I have one on the way. And I also, I anchor the weekend morning weather for the news station that you mentioned earlier. And I do that from my porch here on Maui, which is very unique. It's something, um, when they asked me to do it, it was the first time it had ever been done in the history of news in Hawaii, because our news stations are all stationed on the island of Oahu, where Honolulu is. And I live on a neighbor island. And so unfortunately, the neighbor islands really were never represented. And I feel so lucky that that was a silver lining from COVID that I had to resign from my job many years ago um, from television because I moved to back home to a neighbor island to the big island at that time. And now I lost my job, actually, like everyone else in March of 2020 and did pro bono, really social media updates, Instagram, primarily trying to keep people up to date on the things that I was learning as the coronavirus pandemic was unfolding. And, and then the news director had the bright idea that, hey, if everyone's working from home, why can't she work from home from another island? It makes total sense. And so I've only been in studio three days in the last 20 months since I started my job. Wow. And I know. So my I have a very unique. That's why I needed to give you the whole background, because uh, this is not typical of, of a news employee <laughs> that I wake up at 4 a.m. I get dressed in my own home. I do my makeup in my own home. I walk downstairs to my office, which I'm in right now. And this is where I do all of my research for the show. I create and produce my, my slides that you see up on the screen. So the radar and satellite and eight day and all of those things. And, and then I go out to my porch where I've got all my equipment, my light, my iPad, which broadcasts me back to the studio. We do a sound check, 
Um, they tell me when my hit times are and, and the rest is history, you know, so I'm on from six to 8am and they tell me when I'm on and I ad lib through my, you know, my (laughs) slides and that's it. (laughs) So you are also kind of your own director and producer in those capacities as well, which is amazing. Oh yeah. And we do have a director and a producer that does the whole show, but each of the reporters and anchors, we, we take on a lot of responsibility, probably more than people would think. <laughs> and so for sure, as a meteorologist, as a weather anchor, um, there is a lot of work that's very independent, but we need the producer to definitely be in our ear and to say, okay, we're coming out of break. There's going to be an open five, four, go, you know, um, or there's a really I mean, it's not a big lag, but it feels like a big lag. Three seconds can be a big lag. I mean, you know this in podcasting as well, right? It's like, oh gosh. (laughs) Sometimes I use different platforms like Riverside and I'm like, oh, I have a lot of editing to do on the other end. But when it's live, (laughs) you can't edit. So they have to actually cue me three seconds ahead. And I'm still hearing like the anchors talking. They haven't even finished their sentence. So sometimes I just have to pretend I, you know, just, I guess, guess how they were going to end that sentence so I can reply in an appropriate manner. So we definitely need the directors and the producers that are back in the studio as well. It's amazing. I think like many people, we're all getting used to when, when we work remotely, balancing our home projects, our work projects that are now often happening in the same place. You do so many different things. How do you balance all of the projects that you do? I don't balance. Nope. (laughs) I feel like that's just not a thing. There is no balance because when I'm my best work self, I'm not being a mother. (laughs) I'm not uh, cleaning my house. I'm not teaching CPR. I'm not doing all the other things that I could be doing. And so in that moment, I just try and research actually communication research actually backs this up that um, you, you shouldn't multitask. Multitasking is the, the bane of your existence because your brain doesn't work that way. You have to compartmentalize in order to really be productive. So when I'm doing news, I am just doing news. And when I'm on a podcast with you, I am just thinking about you. I tell the kids, be quiet. So I, I am not being a good mother right now. My, my husband's being a great father. He's out there <laughs> making sure the kids are quiet. He's playing games with them. I'm not playing games with them. I'm not my, the best mom I could be right now. But once I get off of this, then I can go in there and be very intentional with my time with them. So I, yeah, I just don't believe in balance. I think that there's an ebb and flow. We have seasons where, you know, I mean, you've heard of all the <laughs> things I've done in the past. I, I, I don't do all of those things, you know, regularly. Some of them are just in the past. I mean, I used to be the lead singer of a band, right? So at that time, like that was music was just everything. And I was writing songs and I wish, I wish I could have more of that in my life right now. And I probably could, but other things take priority. So yeah, I don't know. That was a weird way to answer that question, but the truth. I think it's a great way to let people off the hook though, that focus on one thing. That's a great piece of advice. And you can still do multiple things by focusing on one thing at a time. So, you know, I still teach free CPR classes, but I try to tell myself, okay, well, maybe I'll do one every other month and, and then I'll schedule it. And when I do it, I'm all in on that. 
You are a communication scholar, which is very exciting for me. And this next question, I'm very interested in your answer because of a lot of the research that I know that you know. In DI, we talk about the four C's and the four C's are communication, collaboration, critical thinking and creativity. Which of those four skills do you use most in your work? Hmm. Got to use all four. All four that, you know, I think communication is key, right? But you need to be creative. You have to collaborate. What was the first one? Uh, Communication, collaboration, critical thinking and creativity. Yeah. Yeah. You you just need all of them. Critical thinking. I mean, (laughs) equally, it's equal. You have to use all four. And communication is the basis though, because you can't collaborate without communication. Um, and even creativity and critical thinking, it's a, it's a form of internal communication to find those parts of yourself and bring them forward and be able to create whatever it is that you are putting your mind to at that moment. I feel like meteorology is something that a lot of us are familiar with. We kind of know what meteorology is. We see it on the TV, but we might not know all of the behind the scenes aspects of how that works. What do you wish audiences knew more about meteorology and how it's presented on the news? (laughs) When I first started, I was told that I needed to, for lack of a better word, dumb things down. I needed to speak like I was speaking to a kindergartner. Because you need everyone, whether they're English as a second language or, you know, who knows, whatever their background is, you need everyone to be able to understand your message. So I think what I would like people to understand, and this might be, you know, unique to me (laughs) as a communication scholar as well, but I, I don't like to take on the role of expert. Um, Whereas my news directors and, you know, the, the bosses are all like, you're the expert. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not the expert. I'm the messenger. The experts are located at the National Weather Service and we have the offices all over the country, right? And they are literally doing that all day long. They are 24-7 organizations that track weather patterns and temperatures and fronts and everything under the sun. Their work is very complicated. There's a lot of math and science involved. And my work as a broadcast meteorologist is to have a working knowledge, which I did go to school to understand all of those things, but to be able to take what they say, which typically has a lot of jargon, very difficult to understand and translate that into words that everyday people can understand. So that might be something that people don't really think about when they watch the news and they watch the weather on the news is that really that's what our jobs are, are to make sure that we can give you the information because the communication, I'm sending a message, it has to be received. If it's not received, if there's noise there, quote unquote noise, um, and that could be using complicated words, um, then the, the message might not be received. And especially in times of severe weather or where people really need information now and they need to know what to do because this tornado is coming or whatever it is, it needs to be understood. That's great. That's a very important role. And you're you're right that people are turning to the news to get a message, to receive that message. So that's that's great information. 
I want to hear a little bit more about your communication podcast. What inspired the project and what do you hope listeners will gain from listening to your podcast? Well, Paige, um, I've had kind of a roller coaster, like everyone, a roller coaster of a life. We've got ups and downs and valleys and peaks. And, and I actually was in a valley when I, and I've always regretted that I actually became Miss Hawaii when I was halfway through my master's program. And at the time I was in my twenties, didn't have a lot of guidance. If I could go back and guide myself, I probably would say stay in school. But looking back now, blessing in disguise, right? Because coming back to grad school 17 years later, total different perspective, view on life, uh, goal at the end of, of this master's program. But just prior to enrolling in school, I actually I had a miscarriage and that it, it was just a really difficult time in my mm-hmm. life when I thought I was starting to come back up the hill and then that happened and it just like knocked me back down. And I, I don't know why, but the thought that came into my head was go back to school. <laughs> and <laughs> I've always had a passion for communication theory. And it was something that was always kind of in the back of my head, but I knew that the time period that had elapsed would mean that I would probably have to start from scratch. And I just expected to hear no's. And so I asked my husband first and because I live on Maui again, just like the news stations, I live on Maui. UH is on Oahu. So how am I as a mom of two going to go to school on a Wahoo in a grad program, which is very intensive. And this was before COVID. So it wasn't remote. Um, and he said, do it. And then I talked to my professors that I was still in touch with and they just said, do it. And I'm like, wait a second, there's all these barriers. There's how am I supposed to get over all these barriers that my credits have expired, that I live on a different island, that, you know, just so many things. And I basically hopped on a plane uh, and I had enrolled. This is a month before school started. So I I even I didn't even know if I could apply. (laughs) And so it was like a very late application. Um, They did all the background work to make sure I could get in. And when I got there, we figured out, okay, you're going to fly over on Tuesday mornings, fly back on Wednesday night so that you can attend two classes. We're going to put an iPad in the middle of the in-person classroom so that you can see Mondays and Fridays classes, which was totally out of the ordinary at the time. And, and so we made it work and it, it just, I don't know, there were no no's. So then I just ended up doing it. And it's been the most amazing process because through it, and of course, COVID happened halfway through, I had to switch my whole project. My thesis project was going to be a documentary, but with, with COVID and not knowing if you could even be in the same room with someone, clearly that wasn't going to happen. No one was traveling. Um, it turned into a podcast and I'd never listened to a podcast before. I don't even know why I thought podcasting. Yes, perfect. Um, but it is perfect. It's absolutely perfect for what my goal is, which is to bring communication theory to everyday people, because this knowledge is often paywalled. These researchers are so busy. It is very difficult to get them, (laughs) you know? Um, But then also through life, what I've found, and especially on, on social media, um, in particular, Instagram, 
I found that people really, really relate to you when you are authentic and real and when you share not just the highs, it's called the positivity bias. We like to show all the wonderful moments in our life. It's totally normal. It's human nature, but also the struggles and the times that we really don't know what to do or we're at a loss and we need help. And in those moments, I was finding so many people writing to me and reaching out, not just, you know, strangers like followers, but acquaintances and even good friends reaching out to say, oh my gosh, I thought I was all alone. And thank you so much for sharing your heart. And so the second kind of part of the podcast, you learn from an expert, but an equally important part is I have a guest on and we apply those lessons to our lives and we discuss them in our own struggles and how we're trying to get through it. And then we take the research-based strategies that the expert taught us and we try to either show how we've tried to apply that in the past, it has it worked or not, or maybe what are some strategies we could use to implement those in our lives moving forward. So it's been really rewarding for me. There's so much there that there's there's a red thread through what you're talking about with being able to take science and translate it, not just with meteorology, but also with communication studies. And that's sort of amazing. And I'm also hearing a lot of things you did before it was cool or before it was the norm, <laughs> like 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 the remote teaching, being a remote student. Um, that's that's really cool. Podcast included. I mean, those have sort of taken off and uh that includes your podcast, which I'm, I'm excited to dive into. It sounds like something that's really important for people to listen to and that many people can relate to. We are going to move to our next section, which is called Rapid Fire. And that's where I'm going to toss you some silly questions and you just give me a one word answer or the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. What's one thing you wish you learned more about in school? Taxes. <laughs> I can relate to that one. It's that time of year. What would you say is your superpower? Communication. A great one. What's the first thing you would buy if you won the lottery? Uh, land or a house in Hawaii. <laughs> if you could try any other career, which one would you choose? Musician. And is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Tell me more. It's just a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my gut reaction. Thing. Yeah, it's its own thing. I don't know. A sandwich. I, I, I don't envision a hot dog. If you say, do you want a sandwich and you bring me a hot dog? I'll be like, you should have just said it was a hot dog. Is there anything else you'd like us to know before we wrap up today? Well, I'm an open book. So if any of you did connect to anything that I said, uh, feel free to reach out to me. You know, I, I reply to people. I love communicating with my, my followers, newfound friends, if you will. Um, I have a YouTube channel where we'll be documenting not just this pregnancy, but also the build <laughs> here on Maui. And so there's a lot of ways that you can connect with me and follow along. And of course, the podcast as well. So I, I welcome it. Amazing. One last question. What big ideas excite you now? Oh, gosh, big ideas. I think I'm in a stage of my life where I'm allowing things in and to happen. So I, I just feel very content with my career, with the things that I'm doing to help my community, 
the things that I'm, I'm doing in my family life and the, the way, the exciting things that are happening this year that I, I will allow big ideas to come to me and present themselves. And if they jive with my season in life, perhaps <laughs> go with those big ideas. But I'm not really in a phase of my life where I'm creating big ideas. And I think that's OK. You know, I mean, I had a huge idea with the podcast and we did it and we're six months in and I'm so proud of it. But right now I'm just kind of in that phase where I'm like, OK, it's not a period of rest, though. It's a period of just contentment. And if another big idea comes, that's fine. We'll see. <laughs> but giving myself grace in this kind of interim time. Well, we're excited to see what's next and really appreciate you sharing and all of your thoughts and your stories with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. We would like to acknowledge that this episode of What's the Big Idea was recorded on land originally inhabited and cultivated by the native Hawaiian, Shawnee, and Sioux nations. We are grateful for this land and for the people who have stewarded it for generations. This episode was produced by Kelsey Selleck with voiceover material provided by Renee Rainville and Johnny Wells and music by Kevin McLeod. Special thanks to our guest Malika Dudley for joining us today. You can learn more about Malika and her communication podcast by following Malika on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or by visiting MalikaDudley.com. That's M-A-L-I-K-A-D-U-D. Ley.com. If you'd like to inspire even more big ideas for young people around the world, consider making a charitable contribution to DI at destinationimagination.org/donate. I'm Paige Curtis. Thanks for listening to What's the Big Idea. Hey, it's been a bit of a year. And if you've got young people in your life, you're looking for ways to combat learning loss and keep kids excited about education. We hear you. Destination Imagination has your back. Download our free guide of STEAM activities you can do at home or in the classroom. These activities are hands-on ways to reinforce what your kids are learning. Download this fun free resource by visiting destinationimagination.org forward slash the big idea. The U.S. Department of Labor estimates that 65% of today's students will be employed in jobs that have yet to be invented. We have no way of knowing what those jobs will entail, but we do know that the skills that will prepare them for success are the skills that they develop through destination imagination. Hi, I'm Johnny Wells, Director of Education for Destination Imagination. Before joining the staff, I was a team manager for over 40 teams. Being a team manager is still one of the most rewarding experiences for me as I watched hundreds of students thrive and grow. Destination Imagination, or DI, is an international project-based competition that reinforces the four C's, creativity, communication, collaboration, and critical thinking. You probably heard about those skills in today's episode, and DI is the place where kids like yours develop those skills for themselves. Students work together in small teams to create solutions to an open-ended challenge. DI's team challenges fall into one of seven categories, scientific, 
technical, engineering, fine arts, improvisation, service learning, or for the younger children, early learning. A DI team selects one of these seven challenges and prepares a solution to present at a local tournament. Throughout the experience, students create projects, solve problems, build relationships, learn new concepts, and have a great time in the process. We're building the workforce of the future. Today's DI participants are tomorrow's innovators, problem solvers, and leaders. If that sounds like a good fit for you and the young people in your life, we'd love to have you join us. To get started today, visit destinationimagination.org slash learn more.